Recent findings from Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis's misconduct hearing have thrown light on some startling claims that clash with her earlier stated admissions. Newly uncovered text messages between Terrence Bradley and the lawyers of Ashley Merchant that reveal inconsistencies in Willis's account of her romantic involvement with Nathan Wade, who is a significant personality in the legal sphere. The recently surfaced texts insinuate that the romantic linkage between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade predates her taking office as the district attorney. This revelation creates a discrepancy with Willis's previous confession that the romantic connection initiated only in 2022. The textual communication goes on to outline a timeline quite different than that shared before, indicating the relationship may have begun as she vacated her role as an assistant district attorney and assumed judgeship in South Fulton. In the ongoing legal milieu, Willis is spearheading a crucial racketeer-influenced and corrupt organization's RICO lawsuit. The suit targets several individuals, including the former American President Donald Trump and Michael Roman. Roman, in response, has filed a motion seeking to nullify the indictment, highlighting potential conflicts of interest on Willis's part and accusing her of misappropriating public funds to benefit her spouse, Nathan Wade. Roman's allegations further suggest a potential violation of federal law. He proposes that Willis's extravagant travel, financed by the monies purportedly returned by Wade, may equate to an act of honest services fraud as well as a transgression of RICO laws. This case forms an unprecedented intersection of personal relationships and professional accountability. Amid the whirlwind of rumors and questions, Nathan Wade's divorce lawyer, Terrence Bradley, testified. The crux of the testimony was the timeline of the romantic involvement between Willis and Wade. However, specifics were elusive and circumvention appeared rampant, leading to uncertainties surrounding the onset of Willis and Wade's relationship. Bradley found himself in a challenging position, having to navigate contradictions concerning his prior knowledge of the alleged vacations taken by Willis and Wade. Constant pressure from interrogators often left him on shifting grounds, with his credibility under heavy scrutiny. Yet, despite intense questioning, his responses often bordered on speculation, leaving the court seeking clarity. Discussions within the courtroom brewed regarding the admissibility of Bradley's somewhat vague testimony. He expressed, I was working off of assumptions. Nobody informed me outright his apparent inability to provide definitive answers further muddled the waters around the commencement date of Willis and Wade's relationship. Willis and Wade had previously confirmed their romantic involvement in court documents. Legal disclosures of February painted a convoluted network of personal connections between them. The Roman, along with the attorneys of other implicated parties, built a case for removing the prosecutors based on the supposed financial convolutions implicating them. The allegations escalated, suggesting that Wade had accumulated nearly $700,000 since becoming involved in the legal matter in 2021, a portion of which was allegedly directed to fund their lavish vacations. Willis, however, defended herself insisting they shared travel expenses equally and hence denying conflict of interest. She further asserted that their professional decisions in relation to the case were not influenced by their personal relationship. In August of the previous year, Trump along with 18 others were charged with allegations of racketeering tied to purported strategies of election manipulation across key states. 
Legal pundits indicate Dia Willis could potentially be held accountable for perjury due to her testimony relating to her relationship with the special prosecutor. Eric Anderson, an attorney with Early Sullivan Wright Geyser McRae in Los Angeles, postulated a potential course of action from Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr. Given the current political environment, he suggested, a Republican like Carr may be inclined to press perjury charges against Willis, a Democrat. New York University law professor Stephen Gillers offered an alternative point of view. He suggested that the defense strategy might attempt to pivot the legal discussion from disqualification to perjury. He articulated the need for the judicial body to focus primarily on the core question of disqualification. Gillers posed the question whether there was a basis to believe that Willis's prosecution of the case was driven by the desire to enrich Wade with the indirect intent of financing their luxury trips. He debunked this notion, emphasizing that Willis commenced her probe in February 2021 but only appointed Wade, who was not her first choice, nine months later. Willis had sworn during her testimony that her relationship with Wade began only after she appointed him to the Trump case. The Trump team, however, is leveraging phone records and tech experts to suggest that Wade was a frequent visitor to Willis' residence long before the election fraud investigation was initiated.